Hello, welcome to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast, coming off a very, very big win against the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, I think all of us were kind of hoping and expecting that, but good that the boys got the four points nonetheless and have officially secured a top two spot for this season, which is an amazing effort. Uh, tonight we've got a pretty big show, so we'll get stuck into it straight away. Our first guest, he's a, a returning guest, and he also hosted this while I was away for a bit. Ronnie Dangerfield, welcome back, mate. Hey, Michael. It's always a pleasure, mate. Good to have you back on board. What's been happening in your part of the world? Uh, not a lot. Just uh, watching the Mighty Tigers get up again and again. Still feels, <laughs> still feels okay. very strong. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get used to it and uh, look really looking forward to the finals. Even just sort of re- reading bits and pieces, whether it's on social media or on Big Footy itself, the, I won't call it arrogance, I'll call it confidence that now a, a lot of us are now just expecting to win most 95, 99% of the games that we go into, which is a strange feeling where previous years it was, okay, how are we going to find a way to lose this? Exactly. Yeah, very, it is a very different feeling. No, which is good. Good for a change. And our second guest tonight is our first timer on the show. Duke, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Michaels. Great to be here. Ready to pop my podcast cherry. Very good. And as we do with all our first-time guests, we'll get to get to know a bit more about you. So how did you become a Richmond supporter? Uh, my dad has been a long-time Richmond supporter ever since he um, he got into Australia in the early 70s. And, of course, Richmond were doing pretty well then. And he thought to fit in, he'd, um, he'd support yellow and black. And, yeah, had to take me with him. And what about the grand final last year? Was there a favourite moment watching that game? Oh, I think a lot of it was, was amazing. But I, I just one that sticks out to me very clearly is Jack Revolt running down. I think it was... Rory Atkins or somebody on the wing um, after he'd taken the advantage. And I think that was just, that was the moment for me. And that was when I knew that we were on here and that we were playing our game. And, and we knew how to win the game, and we did. So I think that's one that sticks out. But definitely there's a lot in there. Absolutely. And hopefully we can replicate it again this year. Um, before we jump into the review of the Gold Coast game, just a, a bit of MRP news or MRO news. Uh, Tex Walker's been given two weeks from the MRO for his sling tackle on Kelly from GWS. Um, I've been told that initially it was actually a one-week suspension, but the Crows asked for two behind closed doors, so they don't have to drop him. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually at that game and and saw that, so I was a bit surprised it got two, but I guess it's outcome-focused and not um, intention-focused. Yeah, it definitely is, but he's been rubbish anyway this year. I had a... A crack at, I think, what Waitley's comments were on 360 a while ago about him just pretty much rubbishing the fact that he's not that great of a captain. Well, he's not this year anyway. So, but anyway, enough about Tex. He can sit out the rest of the year and enjoy his time off and watch us play finals again, given that uh, yeah, they uh, choked big time. The Gold Coast... He's still standing in that pose. I think he hasn't moved. Since he hasn't moved. He's, <laughs> he's still MIA. <laughs> they, they've lost the plot down there at Adelaide. I feel bad for them. I actually feel bad for for them and Tex because I think we've rubbed it in so much and we've gone from strength to strength and they've just been injury hit and players want to leave and yeah. Anyway, you can't feel for them. You see the fact they the seat for the Premiership Cup. Oh, the arrogance! <laughs> no, they they deserve everything they cop. All right, on to our game against the Gold Coast Suns. It kind of went as expected, um, although I'm sure all of us held a little bit of nerves given that we haven't won interstate yet and 
we've got some bad history against the Gold Coast. Um, I think it's easy to say. Rodney, what did you make of the game? Oh, it was a funny game to watch. I mean, I don't mean to sound arrogant, as you were saying before, but I was sort of half watching it and half flicking over the Hawthorns along because it was just it was just always going to be one of those games where, and to be honest, we took the piss when we were just looking for Jack. You could see in the first 15 minutes, I thought, oh, I can see what's going to happen here. And I did have one of those in-game moldies with Jack to kick five, so I was pretty comfortable after about 15 minutes. <laughs> but they just... Honestly, they took the piss. So there's not a lot. You can't take a lot out of a game like that. And you can see Dimmer after the game was a little bit, um, sort of a little bit pissed off, I think, with the fact that it was all organised by the players to get Jackie's 10 goals. But that's not the way we want to play footy. And I'm pretty sure they'll get back on the horse this week. And, and uh, yeah, it was just a, a fun game for the moment, basically. It was weird, like in the first quarter, even the first two and a half to three quarters, I didn't really feel like they were trying to hit Jack up every opportunity. I just felt like that he was legitimately the best option because he was breaking away with five metres of space every single time he led up to the to the kicker. So they almost had no choice but to give it to him because he was just demanding it in the right spot. But yeah, come the last quarter, it was definitely operation get Jack 10. Um, and funny you say about the Geelong game. So my wife's Hawthorne, as it's well known, uh, we watched the Geelong Hawthorne game live and I had to record the Richmond game, try not to go on social media and ruin it for myself. I had to put a box in front of the right-hand corner of the screen so the Fox footy scores <laughs> wouldn't give it away and then watch it. So I was I was a little bit nervous, thinking, oh, am I, have I just wasted all this time? But um, no, it was good to see the boys turned on in patches. Now, Duke, what did you make of the game? I actually get disappointed with these 70, 75-point wins. I always think we could put the pedal to the floor a bit more and, and notch a century. But, yeah, I had similar thoughts to Rodney there. I think it was a bit of a piss take. And, I don't know, they gave they gave Jack um, a bit of a paddock by design, I feel. Um, I, I think that he was in so much space all the time with no other defenders or our, our forwards around him that, just felt like a bit of a, you know, let's try something different here and not give away too much, not show our hand. Yeah, even like watching, I mean, the Suns defenders, that, that was shocking. I mean, Stephen May, he's checked out mentally. Um, he just didn't want to borrow it, wanting anyone else but him to man up on Rewalt. And, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really show a great deal of leadership. The yeah, well, they're point, a rabble, the Suns, aren't they? So. Yeah. No, well... You can't blame them. I mean, they've lost Tom Lynch to us, so they may, they've cracked the sads. <laughs> uh, I was honestly, they're, they're a, a, it has to be a massive worry for the AFL, the Gold Coast. I just don't see how they're going to... You know, they're, they're losing Lynch. They may lose May, pardon the pun, and um, I, I just don't see where they bounce back. And, and the AFL will go out of their way to our expense and everyone else's expense to get them up, but I just don't see how it's going to happen. I think they're a lost cause. Yeah, I agree. I think they... I know they won't do this, but they should almost just relocate them to Taz, start again, and just build them up, because, yeah, they're not going to have the supporter base anymore. Um, it, history has shown that no team has really ever succeeded on the Gold Coast, and this is going to be no exception, but the AFL is going to be stubborn about it and try and make sure that it works, but I just can't see any light at the end of the tunnel. 
Uh, Drink, the other player I want to ask you about is Daniel Rioli. He played a bit higher up on the ground on the weekends. We saw him on the wing quite a bit. He had a career-high 25 disposals and was breaking the lines. Do you reckon that's a sign of things to come, or was that just a bit of a one-off? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I think him playing higher up the ground is something that we can use, especially now that Lambert's out. But he had seven inside 50s, which is which is the highest for the Tigers. And I think he was he was very good with his um with his uh decision making and what he was doing with the ball in hand was was all right as well. So yeah, uh, it, it's a funny one because you'd say he's the captain of that small forward line, but. In a sense, he he could play up up the ground as a wing, and especially that um, Brandon Ellis and Camden McIntosh seem to be in and out of form a lot. Having him there could be could be very useful come finals time. And Rodney, what about the even spread of the workload? Like, I know we weren't exactly going at a hundred mile an hour, but we still had eleven plays that had over twenty disposals. Is there much to take out of that, just with sharing the the load around? I I think that's our that's our one would. We do it every week. And, you know, I, I actually rang Jared Waitley on the radio today and say that <laughs> sort of saying the same thing. Everyone's going on about uh, how lucky we are with injuries. Well, every other team is absolutely playing for their survival. They're playing finals every week. They're, their players are at breaking point. We've just got this beautiful spread. There's no added pressure on any of the big stars, and we're just so primed to have, I don't want to moz us, but to have a better final series than last year. And, you know, we're just doing it every week. There's such an even spread that um, that's, our, that's our strength. And speaking of the even spread, Josh Caddy come back and hit some form, kicking four goals. What did you make of his game, Duke? Yeah, I thought it was all right. I think he got into the right positions. I think his goal uh, when he got the handoff from Soldo was phenomenal, and I think uh, I think he's actually a really really uh, big weapon for us uh, moving into the finals, just because he can play, um, and and he's so accurate with his with his kicking as well. It's it's super impressive and very useful. And Jack Rewald, of course, stole the show, kicking ten goals. The only player this year to do so. Uh, and past Ben Brown in the Coleman medal, but I think they're now tied back up again after the Kangaroos played on Sunday. Uh, Rodney, was there much more you would have expected from Jack, or the was that I don't know what, was that one of his best games? Do you think? Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? When the game panned out the way it did, but I mean, you're not going to get a bigger fan uh, than anyone. I don't think of Jack Rewalt than myself. Uh, I think I posted on one of the forums on our board maybe a few weeks ago. I, I rate him as a, a better player than Richo now. I think he's he's gone past. Um, he's just such an, an unbelievable footballer, just skills, football acumen, and now he's got this unselfish side to his game. Um, you know, he deserved a day like that. And yep. even they looked a little bit like, oh, well, you know, a little bit embarrassed that you know, we're not going to play that all the time. I've got me 10. Uh, but he's, he's the most important player on our side by far, by far. We lose Jack. I don't even want to think about it. But uh, yeah, he's just, just a, an absolute sensation. I think what you said spot on that he, he deserved a day like this. And the the way he sacrificed his game for us in the past couple of years, yeah, I don't think anyone could uh, begrudge the team and himself eyeing off 10 once he got, you know, got to five or six really quickly. So he thoroughly deserved that. 
He's third in the competition for score involvement, so I checked the other day. So, And that's behind Dusty as well. So he just gets involved so much, brings other people into it, his little flicks and tap-ons. You know, people talk about how unselfish he is. I think that, yeah, he deserves to be selfish for one game. Absolutely. And isn't um, isn't Shane Edwards second? For the... I think that's for goal assists, not oh, for okay. score involvement. Okay. Yeah. He had a pretty good game as well, Shane Edwards. I think he had another career best, I think I read somewhere, with in terms of stats. Oh, he's had an unbelievable season, hasn't he? I, I, I would think, uh, personally, he, he or Jack would be leading the, the Jack Dye medal, I would have thought. But, um, you know, that's going to be interesting in itself. But, yeah, what a player he's become. And, Duke, you mentioned before about Soldo uh, with handballing it off to Caddy, but Soldo's game as a whole, what did you make of it uh, coming in for Nankervis, obviously, to take the ruck load? How do you think he went? Oh, I think he can do a bit parts here and there, but he's he's really he can't hold a candle to Nank, obviously. And I think he did okay against Wits, who's um who's actually pretty good. I, I rate Wits, and I think you know with experience he might become an AFL ruckman. But if not, he's he's pretty decent backup, and I think he can play in tandem with Nankervis as well at at points. Um, I think they did that a bit last year, and it worked out all right. So yeah. Yeah, Good the, test the only, for the young man. Yeah, I thought he did quite well. The only thing he doesn't really come close to Nank with is his presence around the ground in terms of kicks, marks, handballs. But uh, his ruck work, I thought, was pretty good. He gave our guys first use, which they're probably not used to for a lot of this season. Um, and he, I think he's just as physical with his body work and crashing packs and trying to tackle blokes as what Nank is as well, which is pretty important to the way we play. So I definitely have no issue with him playing a few more games next year just to give him a bit of a chop out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, the, the the funny thing I was reading and hearing from the commentators from that game was, uh, I can't remember the, the Gold Coast player's name, who played on Cotchin, and they're like, oh, he kept him the 12 disposals, what a great game. And look, the kid probably did play really well, but Koch only played half the game. Um, what do you make of that kind of management? I think Koch said that he was a bit sore afterwards, Rodney. Is that just, you put the cue in the rack, save him for finals, or do you think there's a bit more to it with him being off the ground? No, I'm loving the way they're, they're managing our players, and especially Trent. Uh, if you go back to last year's final series, I can still vividly remember the, the probably the first five, ten minutes of the first final. The intent, you know, we've been in finals in the past, and we, we really hadn't measured up, but Trent Cotchin's first ten minutes pretty much told us <laughs> how we were going to go about that final series, and we never looked back. So we're just holding him back, and you watch him go when it comes to finals. I, I, I just know that we've got another level to go to, and he'll he'll lead that charge, and it's just going to be beautiful. He's having a little rest. He might not even play this week. I sort of hope he doesn't. And uh, he, you know, he's the barometer for us. So you reckon we've got levels to go? I mean, I think it's fair to say we haven't played our best football for the last month, so you reckon we've got a couple of gears to go up to and are just saving it for finals? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I do think that I... I've got no doubt. I think everybody, every other team at the moment are playing finals. They're playing their finals. A lot of teams are bloody throwing up over themselves the way we used to. They're choking. They can't make it. We're just cruising into the finals. We went to another level again last year in the finals, completely somewhere where we'd never been before. And I can't say, well, we're not going to do it again. And they've been there. They know what it's all about. They're so well poised to hit the finals at... Uh, I, I just think we're, we're, just, we're going to take teams apart in the finals. I, 
it sounds ridiculous to say, but that's that's what I think. And Duke, what about yourself? How do you view our well, I suppose our form heading into finals? Have we still got room to to up the ante? Yeah, I I don't want I don't want the guys to flirt with form so much, but I guess it, it's a twenty three week season, and you you have um, high intensity training box here and there, which I suspect um, we have at the moment. But look, I think we definitely have another year to go, um, especially when we get Butler back, and once we get you know the band back together in uh, in some ways. With I don't know, Townsend might play a, a good role, a crucial role as well. Um, but yeah, I think there's always imp- improvement uh, that that could be there, and I think that's coming from the younger players. Like Higgins is 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 doing pretty well um, as a fresh faced kid, and Graham's elevated his pressure game as well. So there's always improvement, and I think the, the boys are doing that well. So as it stands right now, there's only three players missing from our Premiership side, um, which is Nankervis, who's obviously going to come back in for Soldo, Butler, and Townsend. So the three players in their spots currently is Soldo, Higgins, and Short. Now, I think we can all universally agree that Jaden Short's not going to be dropped anytime soon. Um, and I think Higgins would be hard-pressed to be dropped as well. So is it a risk to bring someone like Butler back in, given he hasn't played for about eight weeks and he's managing that foot injury? Um, and they've just put him in for the same surgery that Kane Lambert's had uh, today to, to pretty much try and get him right for the first week of finals. Do, do you find that a bit of a risk, Rodney? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried, but I think he um, he might struggle to get back in. And ironically, that might that Daniel might be the one who's really under the pump uh, to lose his spot to Dan if it does eventuate that way. And Duke uh, said before with Townsend, and we've got, we've got so many options, and I, I think Town is such a crucial player to us too. But I can't really see him even getting back in at the moment. But um, I, I don't think Dan Butler will play in the finals. That's my gut feel. So I'm looking on our website. They, they sent an email out with the injury update. So he's been running, but this is Butler, he's been running at about 95%, but still with a bit of a limp and still not full power. So last Friday, he had the same minor procedure that Kane Lambert had this morning, which means he's probably going to miss the next two games and we're preparing him for the first final at this stage. Uh, they're going to get a much better result with the minor surgery. To me, the, the two surgeries, it's this identical injury that Butler and Lambert have got, uh, but they've both had this minor surgery, which to me seems like a stopgap as opposed to a fixed, just to be able to get him through the next month and a half of football. Um, Duke, is there, do you find there's an element of risk to bring someone like Butler back in and even Reese Conker for that matter when he eventually gets himself right for AFL football? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's shades of that 2015 elimination final where we rushed in um, Griffiths and Conker. And, you know, I, if if players are in form and, and they deserve to keep their spots, I, I feel like you don't roll the dice on somebody that hasn't played for eight weeks. Having said that, though, Kane Lambert is an absolute... He's a talisman for us, and he, he just puts in so much effort. He's he just, you know, consistently leading... Um, all comers and kilometres travelled per game and, and things like that. And I think his efforts, repeat efforts and defensive running, is just so important to the way we play. So, yeah, it's a tricky one for the um, the fitness staff and the coaching staff to, to balance. I reckon Lambert's situated a lot better to be able to come back and play because he does have that full conditioning. He's played the whole year. Um, so missing two weeks might hurt him a little bit, but I think he's going to be able to adjust and make an easier transition back into the AFL than what Butler or Conker might be able to. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk about that Higgins might, if Butler was to play hypothetically, that Higgins would potentially be one person to make way for him, despite his good form in the midfield. Do you reckon the, they'd be ballsy enough to drop someone like Higgins in in a final? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, re- I really have no idea. Um, they might, because he's, he doesn't have the maturity, I suppose. But then again, Conker didn't really play last year during the finals, or much at all, really. So Lambert would be the one that comes in, but you know, so much, so much up in the air, and guys will be really pushing hard for spots, I reckon. And Rodney, you mentioned this before about uh, you don't mind the idea of resting Cochin this week with the top two spot locked away. Now, do we power on full steam ahead and try and stay in form, knowing there's there's a week off at the end of the home and away season, or do we look to play and manage a bit more? Oh, I think you take advantage of the situation. It's a very rare situation we're in. We're, we're the masters of our own destiny, really. And oh, I think if, if, if players need a rest, and I think you talk to players, you talk to the conditioning staff, you rest them. I'm not a real big believer in this, oh, you lose continuity, because Trent Cotton has played over 200 games. He knows what he's doing. He, he's, he might be hanging for a rest. And if he is, you rest him. You just, some players don't like resting. You know, they like to keep going, but if a player wants to have a week off, just give them the week off. There's probably eight to ten players in our side that are locked. There's probably another eight to ten that can't afford to give their spot up. But of those eight to ten, if they don't want to play, give them a week off. What, I mean, the only thing that concerns me with doing that is that we obviously get the week off after round 23. And then hypothetically, if we win the first final, get another week off. So they effectively might only play one game in maybe a month and a half of football. Does that pose any form of an issue form-wise, do you reckon? Oh, well, it does for some, but I don't think it does for a Trent Cotchin or a, or a Jack Rewatt or an Alex Brandt. They're a different beast. But uh, for, for younger players, yeah, I think it might. Yeah, but um, it's going to be interesting. There's, and there are a lot of guys that are playing, you know, like you mentioned before, Jack Higgins. He's playing, free. He's playing so fantastically, but he's not a short of a spot. And I did get a little bit worried for him when they moved Rioli into the midfield because I think Rioli's going to be a midfielder uh, eventually. And big pitcher, that's where he'll play. But uh, when he moved in there, I thought, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure what that says for Higgins. Or, you know, there are going to be some really good players missing out. Uh, but I think there's, like I said, eight to ten players that could comfortably put their hand up to have a rest and are professional enough to miss two games in three and the finals flying. Fair enough. Now, there was a thread started, might have been the other day, I think it was midway through the last quarter of the Gold Coast game, <clears throat> by, pardon me, by Harry the Tiger, um, just letting everyone know that, um, assuming that we were going to win that Gold Coast game, which we did, that we'd now achieved our best win-loss record since 1982 with 16 wins, which is a, an amazing effort, given we have finished in the top four a couple of times in recent times, but... To, to get through the season with 16 wins and still two games to go, is this one of the best seasons you've seen us play, Rodney? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, I, I was only a young kid around those days. I went to the 1980 Grand Final and the 82 and, and things like that. But, you know, the, the memories are very vague and we're just always good. But uh, 1995, we had an, an amazing season, but we're bettered by... An incredible season by Carlton, but this this season, when you're defending a premiership, it's been the most dominant season, and 
think that it's Richmond. We <laughs> you know, but we still can't get our head around. Uh, it's been an incredible season, easily the best season I've been to. You know, probably I was ten years old. And Duke, without wanting to jinx this or anything like that, not saying this is going to happen, but um, the path to the flag. There's obviously a few teams below us that are going to cause some serious issues for us. Who do you see as the biggest threat in stopping us from going from back to back? Uh, I think it is GWS at this stage. I was at the game on Saturday against Adelaide, and they just their running is so powerful. Their ball movement is so slick. I mean... It's 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 really, I think, the antithesis to our game style almost. Or not quite, maybe West Coast is. But I think it, that is the one that might be able to stand up against our game on the MCG. I'm, I'm not really worried about West Coast because I think uh, results have, have spoken for themselves that they don't travel as well there. Um but Hawthorne as well could be a bit of a smoky, and I think Clarko has a few tricks up his sleeve, and and he definitely knows what he's doing deep in, in September. So I'm worried about all teams, but those are my my top picks. And Rodney, is there any element of truth that well, not more truth, but could we potentially be our own worst enemy? Well, you hear that? Well, I've actually I've just got a message on my phone, <laughs> Michael's, just in relation to this podcast talking about. Being our own worst enemy. My sister, one of her best mates is Brian Lake, and she's gone around his place tonight because they're watching Survivor or something. He's on Survivor. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's out of prison, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I, I know where he is. I won't call it for you. I don't watch it. But um, he's just, uh, she's just sent a message. Brian said to tell in your podcast, Richmond cannot lose the flag. So there well, we go. That's he, a good, he, good endorsement he, from Brian Lake. He's backed us, but uh, I, I don't think I'm mean, Say the own worst enemy. Well, there's been no signs of that. They're so they're so dialed into what they're doing. There's been no sign of it in one home and away game. So I don't see why it's going to happen in a final. I think when they come to the finals, they're just going to the pressure is going to go up to a notch that other teams aren't going to be handled. Aren't going to be able to handle. It happened last year, and we're a better side this year than last year. I just think we're were a fair bit better than the other teams. If if we happen to repeat what we did last year in terms of beating teams by 25, 30 points through the final series, surely all the bullshit has to stop about us being the worst finals team and it was a fluke and this, that and the other. It'll never stop, ever. They'll, it'll just be a continuous shifting of the goalposts. I mean, if we don't three-peat, they'll say, you know, a lot worse than Hawthorne. Anyway, that's getting ahead of getting ahead of ourselves a bit, but it is. I just think, yeah, I just think there's there's nothing that Richmond can do to be regarded as deserving or you know anything like that. So and so, just backing just backing over to the Brian Lake thing, Rodney, can you tell him to reply to my tweet that I sent him a few years ago to come onto the podcast? I'll tweet him, try and get him on, and he he just blanked me. I could probably get him on the podcast. I, I would say she's, he's one of my I, my sister's living with me at the moment, and uh, she's one of his best friends. So I'll see what I can do. Well, it could be a final special. Get Brian Lake on. There's a there's a bit of a project for you. Well, he knows I'm on the podcast tonight, so he's he's, he's got the message sent through. So we'll see how we go. Very good. 
All right, before well, we get on to... cut what I said about him then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get on to the preview for the game this Friday night, there's a few questions from listeners sent in. We have kind of covered some of these off, but we'll ask them again. First one is from Twitter, from Justin Seppi. I think, I hope I said that right. Is Reese Conker's injury serious? I think the, the new rolled ankle. Um, he was playing such good, consistent footy for us until the ankle dislocation. Is there any chance we'll see him back in the team for finals? Duke, what do you reckon? Is there, I know he said before it's risky. Um, do we take the punts if he does get right, or do you think it's just curtains out? Like He's rolled his ankle again. It could be another couple of weeks. Uh, is it just too risky now? Yeah, I think it is too risky, and I think, you know, I just feel really bad for Conker because he can't put in consistent strings, and he was doing it this year, and then that horrific ankle dislocation, and now he's done it again. But, yeah, I I just think you don't take the risk, um, especially when he hasn't played with the team for so long. Fair enough. And, Rodney, I'll give you this one. This is from a member of Big Footy, Tony Montana 344. Uh, Soldo looked good on the weekend. Is it too late to include him for our plans for September? Could he be another Townsend? I don't think so, but I'm pretty bullish on Soldo long term. Uh, to be for big picture, there's a. Uh, I think we had the luxury the way we're going. We're, we're sort of shaping our future <laughs> next year and beyond whilst we're in the middle of this season and looking at a final series and we've had the luxury of playing in the Avan Soldo and Menadieu and these guys in, in the last few weeks, Rioli in the midfield. I think they're experimenting with it. I don't think we'll see him in the finals, but I, I'm really impressed with the way he's come on. But I don't think it'll be this year, but I think he'll be a, a really good player long term. I agree, because I think a lot of people forget that not only did Ruckman take longer to develop, but he's only pretty, still pretty new to the game itself. So the fact that he can sort of do what he does now at the top level with the limited experience and exposure he's had is a pretty good sign. Yeah, absolutely. He looks really good, doesn't he? Yeah, I like him. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be against giving him a few more games next year, even if it was Nank plays you know, four or five in a row, has one off, get Soldo in, or if they can find room for both of them in the same game for certain teams, just to give Nank a bit more of a rest and give him some extra minutes up forward or on the bench, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely something to work with. Last two weeks, that could happen as, as a, you know, for looking to the future. Because we're, we're going to finish on top, let's be honest, or top third, or we're going to finish on top, let's be finishing. And, uh, they might they might experiment with the with the game this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do playing the two ruckmen and see what it looks like. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's the best time to do it as well because you can't you can't get AFL experience in preseason, obviously. So yeah, yeah especially I suppose playing against um, Essendon, who are obviously fighting for their season, and the Bulldogs have hit a little bit of form. So to get that real pressure environment to see how it stands up might not be a bad thing to see. Speaking of Essendon, we play the Bombers this Friday night. Uh, like I just said, then it's a game that pretty much defines their season. They've got to rely on a few other results to go their way to get them into the finals. But ultimately, this is a, a must-win game. It's their grand final against us. And that's not even taking the piss this time. It actually is, because if they lose, <laughs> they're pretty much cooked. Um, Duke, what do, you, what do you make of this game coming up? Big game against the Bombers. Oh, I think Essendon will throw everything they've got at us, obviously, but... I don't know. I just think we're a cut above, and 
I think their 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 game style and and their players are particularly susceptible to pressure and physical physical and implied. So I think they'll they'll wilt a bit. Um, probably keep it within thirty points, but I wouldn't wouldn't hazard closer than that. And that's seen that's what happened last time, I think, wasn't it? I remember coming into the game when we first played them that there was all this talk about them bringing the searing heat to the game. And in the first 15 minutes, we just blew them off the park with pressure and they just didn't recover from it for the rest of the game. So you, Yeah, you they, had, they had no chance. Yeah. yeah. So are you anticipating something similar to that? Um, well, it's hard to say really, but yeah, that, that, that could definitely happen. What I, what I would think is all right to happen is that we actually lose. And that, that might sound strange to say, but I've, I've seen that sentiment thrown around a bit and I genuinely believe that we need one loss just to kick us up the arse a bit whether that's a loss because of experimentation excessive experimentation maybe or you know just easing off or or being lazy then I think it would give Dimmer some good ammunition to you know just a bit of a friendly reminder finals yeah exactly Exactly, and show that nobody is safe and nobody has a golden ticket to finals. And you know, if you're out of form, you're not going to get played. Which is fair enough. And, and Rodney, to that point, is there an element of uh, that natural complacency might creep in with the guys, knowing that top two is sewn up, like you said before? Do you think there's a chance that may creep in, or are we at a level now where we'll just keep playing our game, no matter who's in the side, no matter what position we're in, and just keep going at it? Oh, I think it's a little bit of human nature. Like, uh, they're playing... Most of the Essendon side this week are playing the biggest game of their lives. That's that's fact. And uh, it's a massive game, big crowd. They need to win. They have to win. It's like their grand final. Or us, not so much. And if they bring a lot of intensity early in the game, there's a propensity to sort of sit back. I'm not up to this shit. You know, I've got finals coming up, and you might pull back a little bit. But on the flip side, we've probably got... As I said before, eight to ten players that are absolutely playing for their spots. Even a, even a someone as good as a Jaden Short, every single week they go out there, they're playing for their spot. So those folks aren't going to pull back. But you know, the guns they, they might. It's 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 human nature. So I, I could see that happening. But a lot will depend on the first twenty minutes of the game. If Essendon bring a lot of heat, subconsciously we may pull back a bit. The other thing that can happen too, if you start pulling back a bit when the other team's going 100 mile an hour, that's when you are likely to get more injured. So I kind of hope we don't take that approach because I don't want to start copping big hits and injuries at this time of the year. Well, you're right there. And 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 they have never fallen into that before, so I hope they don't. But, uh, you know, when, you, when you've, again, human nature, you're a premiership player, you know, you've been there before, you might start looking after yourself. Hopefully they don't. Because you're right, you're 100% right. The harder you go, the less chance you want to get hurt. And what about some of the key matchups for this weekend, Duke? I know Essendon are potentially going to be without a few key players, but the big matchup that is usually always a good one to watch is Hurley versus Jack Rewalt. How do you see that one panning out? Well, Hurley's gotten the better of Jack a, a few times, but I don't know. I think we'll completely swing the pendulum the opposite way this week, and everybody will be Jack conscious and. You know, somebody like a Castagna or, a, you know, somebody else might might bob up and kick a few. Caddy, I think, will have a big game. Um, Essendon are a bit depleted as well with, with their injuries, I think. So, 
Well, they they may. I don't know what their official outs are, but it, it reads like Fantasia is definitely going to be an out, and there's question marks over Goddard, Sard, and Hooker uh, with injuries. So, I mean, if all four of them happen to miss, they're in a lot of trouble. I think. I don't know if they can cover that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think, I think you're right. Some somebody will will just kick a few um, a few big goals on them. And Rodney, what about from the matchup from our perspective? I'm guessing we're going to bring Nankervis back in. He's probably going to go up against Big Tom Bell Chambers. Um, how do you see Nank holding his own against Tom? Yeah, I'm wondering if he'll actually play. I mean, depending on what the injury is, you know, how legit it was, or how sore he is. He's the sort of player that probably could have a couple of weeks off, come back last round. Um, but if he does play, it's just going to be typical Nank. He's probably not going to win the hitouts. He's just going to go 100 mile an hour. He, he must be the worst player to play on. Like he just, never, he's so bloody vicious at every contest from minute one to minute 120. He's like Cotchen all those guys. He's a real barometer for us, the way he goes about his footy. So if he plays, he'll just be the typical nank and uh, be very hard for you know, Bell Chambers to beat him in the, top, in the hitouts, but that'll be about it. Around the ground, nank will And speaking of other changes, Duke, obviously Kane Lambert had come up tonight that he's going to be out for two weeks. Who do you see might come back in for him? Oh, I reckon Lloyd. I reckon Lloyd is, is probably the best like-for-like like replacement. Uh, not really like for like in terms of defensive running, but he's got skills. I think he's been playing well at VFL level. Um, I think he deserves a shot. Yeah, I think that could be the way to go. The other one thrown around was Townsend, but it's not really a like like midfield role. Um, if they were to do that, then maybe that would mean Rioli would spend more time in the midfield potentially when put Townsend up forward. So I suppose they've got a few combinations there to work with. But, um, yeah, to cover the amount of Ks that Lambert does is going to be very, very hard to replace. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, I suppose the other players to watch out for for Essendon is Andy McGrath, I think, is very underrated for them coming off the, the half-back line. I think he sets up a lot of their play. Do we sit someone on, on one of their half-backs and maybe even particularly McGrath to keep an eye on him, Rodney? Uh, I don't think we worried too much about that. He's a very good player, but um, yeah, you just go I, head to head. Yeah, just back ourselves in the way we do. Yeah, the only player that I'm worried about with with that sort of thing is actually Hurley. He, but in in this case, he'll probably be in a one on one. So, I mean, I'm always worried about the loose man floating around, and I think we need to man them up. Uh, like we did last final series against Lever and um, Henderson and that. So that could be a place where Townsend comes in handy, but like I said, I reckon Lloyd comes in. And I think, I, I know with Jack kicking 10 last week, I think the one thing to take out of that, and hopefully we can keep trying to do going forward, is the getting more used to lowering our eyes when going inside 50. Because when we bomb it away, we're pretty suspect to getting it cut off by opposition defenders, given that Jack's virtually are, are only tall. So... Hopefully that trend can continue of lowering our eyes and picking the best option inside 50. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Go no, ahead. no, no. You go. No, I wasn't going to say anything else. No, I was just going to say, oh, you, you made a good point with Townsend. I sort of wonder about Tanner. I think he's regarded uh, as a lot more important by coaches than he is maybe by the fans. 
And I wouldn't even be surprised if he was given the week off last week. Just to, I mean, he's done a power of work, and he's always looking sore and tired and buggered because he, he he makes so many efforts. And I just wonder if they thought, well, he's a game we don't really need him because he does that much work for Jack. And the way the game panned out, there was no need for Townsend on the on the weekend because Jack, as you alluded to, Michael's uh, Jack just hit up on those leads where no one was cutting him off, and he, he just had a, a picnic. I just wonder if they've put Tanner away for when it really counts. He makes those defenders aware of him, doesn't he? He, he just slams oh. into them, either in the air or... I mean, his tackle on Lever last year, where he, where he took him right over the boundary line and buried him, and that sticks out in the mind, and probably in opposition yeah. defenders as well. But even when the ball's not in the forward line, you just see him constantly niggling and nagging the defender that he's on. So like you said, he definitely makes his presence known, uh, which is almost enough to take their mind off their actual task. So, And I think that's pretty underrated. In a, in a game where we've got one big key forward, the work Townsend does off the ball is huge and is a big key to us being successful. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just sort of tucked him away and brought him back out for finals. But like you said before, Ronnie, the competition for spots is heating up, so whoever comes in needs to really make the most of it. All right, before we finish up, we'll get a tip from you both for the game. Uh, Rodney, I'll start with you. What's your tip for the game, including margin? I've actually been thinking, Rob, I would be pretty disappointed as an Essendon fan if they didn't win this game, because I just think this, you know, they're playing their grand final on we sort of just be going through the motions. But as the week wears on, I'm sort of thinking, well, we're probably still better than them. I think we might win, but uh, pretty narrowly. Maybe I'll say Richmond by 11 points. No worries. And Duke, what about yourself? I reckon this game has a bit of um, that, that Sydney game in 2014 where Sydney had finished top and we had to win to make finals. So I'm going to say I send them by three. And... Uh, wait for the fruit to come our way, the rotten fruit. Essendon by three. I, I reckon winning form's good form, and I, as, as much as we may tinker with a few things, I just think that our guys, a lot of them are far too competitive to let a game slip, especially being at the MCG and keeping up that good momentum. Uh, Essendon will throw everything at us, but I reckon we'll, uh, we might roll them later on in the game and come away with about an 18-point win. All right, well, Rodney Dangerfield and Duke, thank you so much for coming on, guys. And just a reminder, the game is on Friday, 7.50pm at the MCG, and we're going for 20 in a row, so make sure you get down there. Rodney and Duke, thanks heaps again. Until next time, go Tigers. Thank you, mate. No worries, thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!